Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. They don't make him like Harry Redknapp anymore. The legendary gaffer struck deals like Del Boy. No, I'm not a weirdo. No, fuck off. Bollocked players on live TV and sent fans on as substitutes. So I turned to him, he's still shouting at me. I went, oi, I said, can you play as good as you talk? He said, I'm better than that chap, man. I went, come on in, get your gear on, we'll have a look at you. From porn star transfer targets to karate kicks and training, meet football's most terrific manager. Well, that's your opinion, you know. Again, it's a game of opinions, it's, and you've got a right to your opinion. I'm Jack, I'm joined as always by Zach. Hello, Jack. Hello, and we've got... Fan favourite JP with us. Buongiorno, fellas. I had another evening last night where someone said JP's my favourite. So. I think I'm on. Uh, I think I'm on number four now, which gives me some employment rights. I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've got to start giving you a pension. Yeah. <laughs> got let- some water would be nice. Let <laughs> <laughs> you out your content dungeon. I'm still real. Guys, we're talking about. I think probably English football's most beloved manager. Would you agree? Yeah, he's got to be up there. He's him and him and uh, Neil Warnock as well. Yeah, but Warnock's is... more divisive, I think, isn't he? Do you think? Yeah. There are some Sheffield United fans who don't really like him. Yeah, him. Uh, I, I still like Big Sam Allardyce as well. Mm. Redknapp, he's basically the, the Cockney Warnock, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think what they have in common is funny guys, good storytellers, very likable, got time for everyone, journeyman. Yeah. Simple and straight to the point as well. They just don't take any bullshit, do they? Yeah, and obviously it's like they, even though they've managed at like elite football recently, they kind of hark back to an era where you know the managers did everything. Yeah. All right, should we get into it, Zach? Do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So Harry Redknapp, he grew up in East London and joined West Ham at 15, where he played alongside England World Cup winners Jeff Hurst, Bobby Moore. As a, a great quote from Redknapp recently, he said that. Even when we had more Hurst and Peters, West Ham's average finish was about 17th. Shows just how useless the other eight of us were. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, it's honest. They did, didn't they win the league or like the FA Cup or something? Uh, I don't think, not while he was there, oh, I don't right. think. But so he, he played he played in English football for about a decade and then in 1976 headed to the States with uh, Seattle Sounders where he started out as a, as a player and a coach and then transitioned into just being a coach, which is obviously what we all know him for. It didn't exactly go to plan though to begin with. So in 1979, he agreed to take charge of Phoenix Rising, which was a, a new soccer franchise. It was owned by this American businessman called Len Lesser. And um, Harry says that he he had a bad feeling about Len right from the start, but that he was offered he was offered silly money. <laughs> uh, and Len also gave him and Sandra, his wife, both 
brand new sports cars. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, right. you put your put your, bad, put your bad so. aside. Exactly, <laughs> turn a blind eye. Take um, the dough and take the motors. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does. He does start to get suspicious when they turn up to a preseason match and there's no kit. The kit does actually arrive a few minutes before kickoff, but then they're like rifling through it and there's no goalkeeper's kit. And I was like, "Fuck's sake!" Come on. A few weeks later, he he goes to the bank and get some money out and the cashier's like, what are you on about? There's nothing in here. And Harry's like, I just, just got my paycheck from Len. Like, you should be loaded. I've got a sports car outside. <laughs> and uh, anyway, cashier's right. There's nothing in there. And it turns out that Len was a, was a con man. And so he'd basically tricked a whole load of investors to pump millions of dollars into starting this club and then stole the cash. So um, Harry, and, Harry and Sandra are basically left high and dry and penniless in this motel in Arizona. Um, he ends up then then uh, fleeing back to England and becomes assistant at Oxford United under under Bobby Moore. Len, the um, American businessman, is is jailed for three years. <laughs> oh, they catch him? Yeah, they catch him. They catch so this him. is like pre-MLS, right? This is when like they tried it before with Pele. Yeah, I was stuff. about to yeah. say, is that the Pele it era? Was, I think it was Pele era. So when Harry was still playing for Seattle Sounders, they got to the... I think it's called the Soccer Bowl. The, um, Soccer Bowl. They got to the final and they played against um, New York Cosmos. Yeah. yeah. So he Be- played against played Pele, against Pele in, oh. the, in, in the Soccer Bowl. <laughs> Was that, it, wasn't Beckenbauer in the team then as well? I think it was Pele uh, and Beckham. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, could be, yeah. Fuck, sure. I'd like a bit of memorabilia for a programme for yeah. that game. Yeah. Bit of, bit of soccer history. Soccer. So, uh, sorry, diversion, but apparently the World Cup final, you know, they're having in America next, the World Cup. Yeah, and, and Mexico. And apparently the final's going to be in Arlington, Texas. Don't know why I really? said it in a West Not, Country oh, I thought it was I thought it was in New York. I thought I read it. Apparently there's York. two candidates. It's going to be MetLife Stadium, which is in New York, or Arlington, Texas. <laughs> apparently they've got it. Arlington. It's pretty random. Random. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. As you were. Anyway. <laughs> um, being bankrupted by a con man was small fry next to uh, Harry's neck scrape. So... In 1990, he's manager of Bournemouth and they go to, to Italia 90 on a scouting mission. So they're like driving about the country in this minibus scouting players and they're involved in a, in a really horrible car crash. So the minibus that they're travelling in has a, has a head-on collision with this car. Four people are killed, including the, the Bournemouth managing director. Um, Harry gets dragged out of the wreckage and he's basically, when the paramedics arrive, they think he's a goner like they they put a blanket over him and he he says he wake he woke up two days later in hospital someone had nicked his watch someone's got a fucking kettle they probably probably thought i wouldn't be needing it so yeah um where is it's italy isn't it this it was out just outside rome right i think okay. the the accident but yeah it was a really really nasty crash luckily harry makes a full recovery he gets he actually he loses his sense of smell I didn't know this he's got no sense of smell and also gains this sort of facial tick that he's got yeah. but yeah anyway Harry Harry's a pretty lucky escape anyway to get to get out mm. of it alive uh, and in 1994 he's appointed West Ham boss uh, where he stays for seven years um, you'll obviously probably remember his spell best for the prestigious Intertoto Cup win in 2000 <laughs> Intertoto is the one where there are three winners yeah aren't there? it's what is it? It's, yeah, I remember Newcastle won it. Yeah, so it's it's a feed of it's for the they don't do it anymore. But it was for the last UEFA Cup spot that you'd go into like a knockout tournament. But there were three finals and three winners, and they get the spots. Because I remember Newcastle. I think we won it one year. Yeah, 
And Fulham uh, won it once as well. Yeah, and so it gets you your way for cup spot. Got did. it. Yeah, very prestigious. It's a prestigious tournament. Um, so when when uh, when West Ham won it, Harry was asked about their their trophy cabinet. He was like, "Well, first of all, I had to find the bloody cabinet. When I eventually did, I opened it. I opened the doors. Out flew two blats, three Japanese soldiers, and Lord Lucan." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Japanese soldier yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while, actually. <laughs> Lord Luca. Well. <laughs> Lord Luca was the uh, like uh, aristocrat who uh, murdered, the nanny, his, yeah. murdered his nanny, yeah, and then disappeared. <laughs> nice, nice reference from <laughs> yeah. Harry. Um, his uh, his spell there was also known for some uh, some other unorthodox moments. So West Ham had this preseason game against Oxford one one season, and first half like they're. Bit, not 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 on their best form. I think the players are still feeling the effects of their summer at Wayne Lineker's bar in Ibiza. And uh, this mouthy West Ham fan is is slagging off their striker Lee Chapman. He's like, "Lee, you're a donkey." Blah blah blah. And uh, eventually, Harry turns him turns him. He's like, "Can you play as good as you talk?" And um, the bloke kind of doesn't think anything of it. But half time comes around, and Harry like gestures to him, so he like climbs over the barriers, and Harry's like, "You can come down the tunnel with me." So he takes him into the dressing room, and uh, and sits him down. He's giving his mouth, his uh, half time team talk, and he turns to Lee Chapman. He's like, "Lee, you're off. Steve, you're on." And and he's like, "Steve, what's what size boots are you?" And, like, seems like size ten. And Kit Man goes and gets him gets him a kit, gets him his boots, and. After half time, he, he walks out with the team, and Steve's still thinking like this is it's a wind up. <laughs> um, but he he like goes out onto the pitch. Apparently, the the stadium announcer came up to Redknapp and was like, "Who's who's this who's this guy you bring on?" And and uh, and Harry Harry was like, "You've been watching the World Cup. It's the great Bulgarian Titishev." City <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, the uh, second half, second half carries on and Steve's, Steve's having a right game. And then 71st minute, the ball swung in. Who meets it? But Steve. Titichev. Titichev. <laughs> yeah, great Titichev. And, uh, and he scores. He scores. He scores. This is yeah. a friendly, right? It was a preseason yeah, friendly. Still mental. Surely yeah. the other professional players are like, what the hell is going <laughs> on here? Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, uh, Steve Steve said that at the time he used to smoke thirty a day. He drank two beers and about four cigarettes in the, before half time. And second half he scored for West Ham. Sad part of this uh, story is that the goal was actually disallowed. Oh. It's not not very not very well. Why was he just goal hanging? It was offside. The slow off the mark was Steve. Yeah, unfortunately. So you think that like, after after decent performance, you'd be thinking like, am I? Am I in with a shot of yeah. making the squad for the season? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> sadly not. Back you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but alongside random blokes he picks out of the crowd, Harry does build a pretty good team at West Ham, including Portuguese midfielder and heartthrob Danny, who uh, he, he signed signed from a Portuguese team. And at the time, the whole media sort of hype about it was about how devilishly handsome uh Danny was. So the Daily Star did their their headline as Lock Up Your Daughters. <laughs> and uh and Harry was asked about it and he said he was like, well my missus fancies him. Even I don't know whether to play him or fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's a good looking chap actually Danny. So, he, yeah he, he is he uh he was doing modelling alongside 
of course while he, while he was playing of course I love the just the quickness of Harry's like lines yeah. as well do you know the other story about Ian Pierce? is it Ian Pierce, the the like West Ham veteran he like gets a bang on his head and he's concussed and uh, he's like taken into the treatment room and Harry comes in and is like can he play and they're like can he play Harry he doesn't even know his own name and Harry goes well tell him he's Pele and I'm playing him up front <laughs> <laughs> I think this is part of the reason why he's so beloved. Is he's just so he's so quick, yeah, and so yeah, he's so good at um, spinning a yarn as well. Mm. But anyway, he Harry also brings through a real golden generation of youth players at mm. West Ham. So there's Michael Carrick, Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, Frank Lampard, who's who's his nephew, obviously. He got a lot of stick for that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a uh, this famous video from a fan forum where. This fan is basically criticising Frank Lampard and saying to Harry, like, why, what are you doing playing this 17-year-old? You let Scotty Cannon go out on nose. Scotty's a better player than Frank is. I'll ask Harry if he thinks, like, the publicity he's given young Frank there warrants it. Because, personally, I don't think he's quite good enough yet. He is good enough, and he definitely will be good enough. Um, but I'm telling you now, and, not, and I may be now, I didn't want to say this in front of him, but he will go right to the very top. Right to the very top. Goosebumps. There's a um, there's a really good podcast. Joe Cole does a podcast and he gets Harry on and he says to Harry, have you ever seen that clip? And he goes, I, I don't know what clip you're on about, but he was like, do you ever get the ump with the West Ham fans about how they treated you? And he goes, well, if you look at Frank Lampard's career and what he achieved, that just shuts him up. Yeah. yeah. You know? like, he knew at that point that Frank was going to go to the very top. To the very top. And Scott Cannon was going to go where... I mean, I've never even heard of him. <laughs> yeah, lesser lesser known thing about this this clip is that the fan who was uh, giving Frank stick was Scotty Cannon's uncle. No way. <laughs> yeah. um, that was the other thing on the podcast with Joey. Goes um, all the players bailed that night, and uh, Harry really didn't want to go either because you know what those fans forums are like. It's like all the bottom feeders, isn't it? Just going mental at the manager, <laughs> and the only player that would uh, would turn up was Frank, and he said that mm. just shows a lot about his attitude. I'm very happy to get involved in all of that. It's because his uncle was going to give him a lift home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was staying at Uncle Harry that night. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Yeah, it's not, this isn't a Frank Lampard fan pod. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your bit of Chelsea. <laughs> Come on, boys. Had your carrot, now time for the stick. <laughs> but it wasn't all wonder kids and hunks in Harry's West Ham squad. There was the odd difficult character too. Uh, probably most famously, Paolo Di Canio, who's a mercurial genius, but would throw the odd strop and just refuse to play. So do you remember there's that game where uh, West Ham are losing to Bradford? Uh, they're like two goals down and Di Canio keeps getting fouled and isn't, isn't then none of them are getting given. And eventually Di Canio just storms off the pitch, sits on the touchline and refuses to stand up. <laughs> and Harry's like begging him, like, please, Paolo, come on, please. You're embarrassing me now, yeah. Paolo. <laughs> come on, what can I give you? You can have tomorrow off. Uh, and eventually Di Canio gets up and comes on and sets up three goals. It's like a famous comeback. They win 5-4. Wait, so he was playing already and he walked off? Yeah, because he was getting fouled so much and the ref wasn't giving them. He goes, well, I'm not going to play anymore. Really? Yeah, and there's another one where like Shaka Hislop has a go at him for not tracking back in the dressing room and he just picks up, you know, they have those big things of Gatorade. He just picks up and pours it all over Shaka's clothes <laughs> and, just, and just goes, I, I don't play. I don't play anymore. It's um, it's funny how like managers like Harry and Sir Alex with Cantona, they just don't manage them like they do normal players. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah, you've got to make the exception. When they're a bit of a twisted cookie, they're just like, right, you've got to let him get on with it a bit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, it's interesting because like with Ferguson, Ferguson, there's like this stereotype that he was so tough and even Roy Keane, yeah. you know, he was hard on, but there are exceptions. Yeah. Um, actually, he says of Di Canio, 
that uh, in training he would kick one wide and I used to just say it was a goal. It's Paolo. Got to keep him sweet for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, other Another very difficult character he brought in was John Hartson, who arrived as this 21-year-old, very promising target man striker. And he, he did pretty well, Hartson. He scored like yeah. 24 goals in his first season. I can't imagine John Hartson, 21. Yeah. In my head, he's just he's, constantly He's 40, been 40 like, for yeah. his whole life. Yeah. 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 He, he did, I think even at that age, he didn't have much hair. Yeah. Uh, he's got Luke Littler vibes about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and apparently when he joined even Harry admits admits he says he's got more previous than Jack the Ripper so he, he's known <laughs> for having a penchant for violence and uh, in 1998 uh, the press hear rumours that Hartson's had a bit of a tete-a-tete with E.L. Berkovich in training uh, and they they ask Harry about it and Harry says nothing at all happened between John and E.L. nothing at all uh, unfortunately TV cameras captured the whole thing and in training, Hartson had put in this pretty horrific tackle on El, and uh, Berkovic just instinctively, as he's getting up, gives him like a light punch just to be like, "Don't do that again." And Hartson just spins around and karate kicks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Berkovic said later, "If my head had been a ball, it would have been in the top right corner." And that, I mean, I think Hartson shipped off quite soon after that. He'd done really well, and then it all went wrong. Uh, another. Did he go to Celtic after that? Yeah, he, well, he first goes to Wimbledon and Coventry, and that, yeah. that kind of works out. Wimbledon isn't he the one who, on his first day at Wimbledon, they they take his he changed into his kit, comes back to the dressing room, and they've just set his suit on fire. <laughs> it's like cheers. Probably <laughs> what he needs to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine he kind of embraced yeah. that crazy gang vibe. <laughs> Put it on, but he becomes like a Celtic legend. Actually, that's where yeah. he really does. Well. I always thought he was a great player. Yeah, I always think of him in a Celtic kick. I do kind of remember him at West Ham, but I always think of him. So. And Welsh legend, of yeah. course. Uh, another big name they bring in is Neil Ruddock in 98. So this is post his Liverpool pomp. And Harry's looking to bring in, you know, a bit of experience. Because Harry also signed Peter Shilton when he was 45 at West Ham. <laughs> that was a bit earlier. But anyway, he, in 1998, he brings in Razor Ruddock um, to, you know, inject a bit of grit. Ruddock is causing trouble very quickly. So at his first club Christmas party... Uh, there's there's a big scrap in a nightclub in Romford and the old Bill single out Razor Ruddock. They arrest him and they ban him from Romford. You can, you can, you can do these local bans. <laughs> Problem is, West Ham's training ground is in Romford. So Ruddock goes to the gaffer and he's like, Harry, what am I going to do about this? I'm banned from the training ground. So Harry goes and visits the local chief constable, sweet talks him with a couple of tickets and they agree to make the ban apply only in the evenings from 7pm onwards. And you think, like, given that Harry's done him that, favour that Razor Ruddock would repay his loyalty but instead he increasingly starts to take the piss and before one big game Razor Ruddock goes into Harry's office and says Gaffer I'm crocs I can't play I've got this injury and Harry's like all right well you you won't travel you won't have to play Uh, which is fine West Ham go to the game but the next day photographs appear of Razor Ruddock getting into a drunken fight on Glen Eagles golf course (laughs) which is in Scotland as well. <laughs> so you could definitely travel. And Harry's livid, so he finds him two weeks' wages, which is 20 grand. Uh, and Razor Ruddock decides to fight this fine. He takes him to tribunal, takes it all the way to a, to a hearing, and wins. And the reason he wins is he hires this top, top barrister. And at the end of the hearing, once the panel have delivered their verdict, the barrister turns to the Premier League chief and says, thank you, my lord. I'm afraid I don't come cheap, and hands him an invoice for 30 grand. And the uh, the head of the panel's like, this isn't a court of law. We don't cover legal fees. <laughs> and apparently Ruddock's face just drops because he's beaten the 20 grand fine, but now he's got to pay 30. 30 grand legal fees. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fairness, 
to um, to raise a ruddock. He's not the only one taking the piss. And on occasion, Harry doesn't take things too seriously either. So here's a story told by Ruddock about when West Ham reached the FA Cup quarterfinals. I think the funniest thing Harry ever done was, I think it was Cheltenham week, because I'd been horse racing. It was in the, I think it's quarterfinal of the FA Cup. So we haven't seen Harry all week. Right. He'd been horse racing. Yeah, yeah. So big Frank Lampard's taking us up there. And everyone's, where's Harry? And all of a sudden, 20 to, 20 to 23, Harry walks in. Boom, dot. First time I've seen him in the week. Boom. All right, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Call final with the FA Cup, he went. Now it's important that West Ham win the FA Cup this year, he said. Because if we win the FA Cup, I'll get loads of money and I can buy better players for next season. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. So, <laughs> do you reckon he just lost a few grand at Cheltenham and he yeah, was looking for his FA Cup bonus? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Needs a bit of cash. That story is from the Tubes and Ange Golf Club, by the way. I should give them credit. Yes. We love Tubes. Chelsea fan as well. Is he? Uh, yes. Forgive him for that, won't you? Where did Tube start his career? A bit of... Soccer AM. All right, yeah. Was it? Quickly. Yeah, it was, yeah. Was that a test? I felt like you knew the answer. I did know the test. I just thought I'd give you a bit of trivia. JP's got big plans for a Soccer AM reboot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should get a bit of fan feedback because I think we should do a live show on a Saturday. Yeah, would you watch that? Let us know. Contact at upshot.email. A fan show, what, Saturday morning? Oh, I've got to work weekends now, do I? Yeah, you can. Well, you make me work all the right, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I asked JP to get in for 11 today to do the pod, he just t- replied back to work with a picture of the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What were, we, what were we thinking for this? Soccer we're thinking around, like, like pre, live stream YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we won't be talking... Well, again, we we're not going to be on Sky Sports. No, I don't think they'd pick it up, mate. No. <laughs> Refuse to work with Murdoch yeah. <laughs> again. Uh, I'd, I'd be like us talking. It won't be about the football that much, will it? It'll be a bit yeah. like our extra shot. I pod. could give people my tips for the weekend on the football. I've um, I've had seventeen bets this year and I've won none. A <laughs> <laughs> <Our> tipster. <laughs> Is it because you keep betting on Chelsea? Yeah, t- pretty much. <laughs> He's gonna posh. He's gonna turn it round any day. Madrid Catrick. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Anyway, back to back to Sorry, Harry. We digress. We digress. We digress. We digress. So, so in uh, in two thousand two, Harry was appointed boss of Portsmouth, who were in the championship at the time. He instantly gets them promoted, but his spell there also delivers a few comedy moments. So there's this clip of him being hit by a ball in training during a during a um, an interview. <laughs> Let's watch that. Yeah, can we hear it? I've just remembered that. One. This is one of my favourites. <laughs> we, we lost Festa with a knee injury, a ligament injury. He's having a scan today. I'm just hoping it's not... Still got control him when he's not... Have you kicked out over here? Huh? What? You try to kick it in the goal, you hit me? Just some fucking brains, didn't you? Sorry, just the last word then on, on Wolves. It, it's a it's a big game, a game at Molyneux, big crowd. Uh, it, it's a big match for you. Yeah, it's a big match. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. <laughs> <laughs> Completely lost it. <laughs> you can see after he's yelling at the guy and he goes back and he's being asked the next question, he's just not even listening to the question. No, he's, he's not. He's just so visibly red. angry. <laughs> seen red. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. <laughs> so, uh, so Harry builds a, a pretty good team at Portsmouth, um, but he still has an eye for a good deal. So when Man City offer nine and a half million for Zimbabwean striker Benjani, Harry's eyes light up. The only problem is that Benjani doesn't want to leave. So Harry's not having it. He has a word with Benjani. He's like, it's a great move for you. Like, you know, Man City are on the way up. And eventually Benjani agrees reluctantly and Redknapp packs him off to the airport. He then, a few hours later, he gets a call from Man City being like, is that, where's, where's Benjani? Like, he's supposed to be on the plane. He's, the plane's just landed and he's, he's, he's not here. And Harry's like, what is he? He said he's getting on the plane. So uh, Harry calls up, calls up the airport and they're like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's asleep on the sofas over there. <laughs> so Harry drives to the airport, comes like, finds, finds Benjani asleep on the, asleep on the chair somewhere and like, wakes him up. He's like, getting on the next fucking plane to Manchester. There's one more leaving. He'll be there in time. And Benjani's like, oh, I don't want to go, Harry, please. Like, um, Harry ends up dragging him, literally dragging him across the runway, shoving him onto the plane and sending him off. And, and he does, he signs at the end for Man City. Isn't it like yeah. he arrives like two minutes before the deadline? Though. Yeah. It's, it's tight. There's a good story from Sven about that. And apparently, uh, obviously this is the time where you're supposed to be going for an agent, but it's Harry Redknapp. So Sven rings up for Harry and goes... Um, yeah, I really like that boy, Benjani. He's good. And uh, as you said, Harry, uh, he goes, he's not for sale, mate. I've brought him up. He's with me. He doesn't want to leave. And Sven's like, how much? So Harry's like, no, he's not for sale. He goes, five million. He goes, no. He goes, six million. He goes, no, seven, eight. And then uh, Sven goes, right, nine million. He goes, apparently just goes, I'll have a think about it and puts the phone down. And then like, the next day he's off. Yeah. <laughs> God, I... We, I long for that era where the managers are doing the business themselves. Yeah. I can't imagine Sven's that wily in the transfer market. Well, I don't know. I think like Harry was part of that era where you could literally just go and scout a boy or a player and then they'd come in and speak to the manager and the next day you'd be off. Yeah, why is that more fun? It is. It's just like, I suppose there's another one where he said he's just driving around the country. Any any spare moment you go and watch, watch players play and if you like the player, he'd just go and speak to the manager and get him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then, and that this is the era of him like winding down his window on deadline day. Yeah, <laughs> he did that till the end of his career. Didn't yeah, he? it was just quality. Yeah. So the the Portsmouth spell is probably best remembered for their FA Cup win in two thousand eight. So they beat Cardiff one nil, and uh, it's Carnu who scores the winning goal. And Harry says that Carnu's like one of the one of the best players he's ever worked with, but he also wasn't the most reliable. So. Uh, this is a quote from Harry. I get the exact same message from Carnu every Monday morning. At some points it felt pre-recorded. 
boss, the king cannot come into training. I have an upset stomach. <laughs> the, king. <laughs> the king. The king. I really rate that. Third person, the king. Yeah. Did he star in that FA Cup final? I'm trying to remember. Well, it. he scored the winning goal. He scored the winning goal. It's seriously it's impressive that. he did yeah. that with Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I think he picked him up when they were like mid-table or, or, or below that. And the team he put together was pretty impressive. They were they spending... Beyond that, obviously famously beyond, beyond their, their means. means, they ended up in League One quite soon after. Yeah, there was a, there's another story about him. Um, someone asked him, who's the one player you wish you'd signed when you had the opportunity? And he's like, oh, I don't know whether I should be going on here to say this, but I went and met Eden Hazard in a hotel room in Lille <laughs> when I was Tottenham manager. And uh, I had it pretty much signed on the dotted line. But then when I went back to David Levy, he was being tight that month, so we didn't sign him. Really? And really? it was like... When, how soon after did he go to Chelsea? Well, I think we got him for 30 million the year after. And then obviously we had him at his peak for... He was player of the years. season, five out of his six yeah. seasons. And do you know who spotted Eden Hazard for Harry? Joe Cole when he went to Lille apparently he rang up Harry and was like I've got this guy who's training and I just I can't no one can get the ball off him and he was like if you think I was good you've got to go and see this boy and Harry went over like the next day you know what he's like probably yeah. in his Ford Focus like, down the motorway tax free but Leo but Leo was thrilled with that yeah <laughs> who's that is that Harry Redlap in the, in, in the corner of the pitch didn't you, like, <laughs> didn't you flog him for like 100 mil it's one we of the got, best bits we, of business ever given how he nosedived we yeah we got I think we we definitely sold him just after his peak I think we got 100 mil for him it's quite a sharp descent <clears throat> from the peak maybe yeah. at Chelsea he actually would have like been good for longer yeah I think he should have stayed I was also uh, I love Eden Hazard but um, it was just quite sad how he left football mm. you know he just ran down the contract in Madrid he looked mm. like pretty overweight young, yeah 32 33. so he should be playing in Saudi or MLS well, really. I th- but maybe just thought it, it felt like um, I know this isn't an Eden Hazard <laughs> podcast so I apologise but uh, it felt like he fell out of love with the game a bit yeah what after he stamped on that ball boy or... yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it just felt like he just sort of like drifted away and he was such a good player he's like one of the world's best with us and then Madrid was just a terrible mm. move for him have you heard the story of him playing drunk for Lille no so it was his final game for Lille like he'd been there for a few years and I think they'd I think they'd won the league maybe or they'd, mm. he'd done really well they loved him and before he signed for Chelsea I think they'd already they knew they were going to finish third or fourth whatever and the night before him and his teammates went out for for a few drinks to like say goodbye and Eden just I think they, they all went back to the hotel went home before Eden ended up staying up like the whole night basically <laughs> And then turned up to the game still pissed and, sc- and scored a hat-trick. <laughs> Love it. So another drunken hat-trick because there's Jermaine Pennant also yeah. did that on his debut. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a dark horse, Eden Hazard. Apparently he likes to party and obviously likes to bite the he's, wheat as well. He's, yeah, it sounds like he's a bit of a sesh lord. Yeah. But again, yeah. we should celebrate players like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. And they're always so skillful, that type yeah. of player. Uh, and maybe he's happy now he's left football, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that FA Cup win with Portsmouth inspires... Uh, Spurs to appoint Harry in 2008 and they're in the relegation zone at this point this is when I think Juan de Ramos was uh, was manager and they were yeah bottom of the table like looking really bad Um, and Harry completely turns it around next season they qualify for the Champions League he also completely overhauls the squad so he re-signs Jermaine Defoe and Robbie Keane also signs Peter Crouch Nico Cranshaw obviously did he have Crouch and Cranshaw at Portsmouth I think so yeah 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 yeah. and this is really where I think he cements his reputation as a wheeler dealer, which he's not too happy with as a 
as is shown in uh, this interview clip with Match of the Day. And you know, you've made your name as a wheeler and dealer. There's not no, been I'm much not, wheeling and no, dealing, no, has there? No, I'm not a wheeler and dealer. <laughs> no, fuck off. Oh, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. Harry well, nobody's got a name as a no, wheeler and fucking dealer. Don't, even, right. don't say that. I'm a fucking football man. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, um, did you hear the story about Bale that season? So it's about Bell's Barnet. So um, Harry gets in mid-season and there's that amazing, um, there's that, sorry, it wasn't amazing for Bale, but he goes 20 games with that and they lose every game that he's involved with. So uh, Harry's just come in and he says to his assistant manager, he's like, we've got to sort Bale out. He's rolling around the floor and training, he's shitting games. Um, like his head's all over the place. He goes, I know what's wrong with him. So he's like, after training, call him in. So he gets him, he gets, uh, Bell gets a nod from the assistant. He goes, Harry, what's the word with you after training? Apparently Bell walks into the room. He's like, <clears throat> you need to sort your air out. <laughs> he goes, you've got to get rid of all those clips. You've got to get rid of all the air bands and that, and that'll sort you out. And then apparently after that, Bell starts doing pretty well. As he did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He goes, you've what? got to sort your air out, mate. Well, and then there's all the like famous Inter Milan game and stuff after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he'd actually like That's come out. <laughs> She get, she get me and you on that. I'm trying to make a hint here, lads. Needs to lose the beard. Hippies. So that's less wheeler dealer and more genius man management. Yeah. I'm a fucking football manager. So he, he obviously doesn't like this rep as a, as a wheeler dealer, but he doesn't do that reputation too many favours when it emerges that he's got a secret Monaco bank account in his dog's name. <laughs> So it, turn, it turns out that in 2002, while he was manager of Portsmouth, um, Harry flew to Monaco and set up this this uh, this account in the name of his bulldog, Rosie. And over the next few years, 200 grand in bonuses is paid into this account. It eventually comes out in 2012 and he's taken to court charged with tax evasion. <laughs> To the, he claims to the jury that he named his account after Rosie because I loved her to bits, <laughs> <laughs> which is a no. But the, the, the jury buys this defence. Afterwards, Harry says in an interview, was I scared of going to prison? Yes, I was. You're relying on 12 people who might not like you. There might have been Arsenal fans for all I knew. Why not a stained jacket, for goodness sake? <laughs> Like all Arsenal fans, he had a stained jacket. <laughs> Didn't he? Um, he had his house raided as well. Harry did. Yeah, like there's the court case, and then there's also a bit where he has his house gets raided and he's arrested. And uh, I think they they end up having the police have to apologise for the raid as well, separately. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is always not related to the. To I think the there's rumours that he's taking bungs from transfers for like yeah. young players, which is yeah. a separate accusation, which he also is found. He's totally cleared of it. But they at one point, I'm pretty sure his he gets sort of like startled in bed him and Sandra by loads of coppers and they go through all this stuff Rosie's in a gold-plated kettle <laughs> <on downstairs, laughs> she's out on like gold-plated tomahawk she's, she's, she's in Monaco yeah. 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 So she's in the Maldives <laughs> <laughs> around the same time Harry falls victim to another crooked scheme so he goes to Cheltenham races he's a big big horse racing fan as mentioned earlier he goes to Cheltenham races with Alex Ferguson's best friend who introduces him to a little Irish man who he says is the jockey um, Lee Topless. So Harry and Harry and Lee <laughs> get chatting and Harry invites him to the Spurs game the next week and this uh this bloke comes he comes into the dressing room, he's like getting side shirts off Bale, meeting Modric. Little does Harry know that it's actually Stephen Corrigan, a 
bloke who works at a pub in Newmarket. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Stephen manages to keep this false identity up for five years. So him and Harry become mates. Harry like sorts him out with a box for the when Spurs play Chelsea. He sat in the box with Roman Abramovich. <laughs> the bloke also borrows ten grand from him in exchange for race tips. <laughs> Which he's doing after a while. So his race tips just just not coming through. Like I mean, you would run um, with it though if you think you're getting away with it. Yeah, five years is an impressive amount of time though to yeah. keep it going. You'd have like a proper relationship with someone after yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah. Surely after a while you'd question like if he thinks he's a jockey. Like when are you racing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so when is your next? Lee Topless is racing in the two fifteen at Lingfield. What are you yeah. doing? There? <laughs> <laughs> I also like that he, he just he was sort of like oh it's a short Irish guy. So he's he must be a jockey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't think to like check out what Lee Topless actually looks like. Anyway, eventually eventually Harry does realise that he's been duped. Years later, the the guy gets back in touch with Harry to apologise for it, and I think Harry doesn't seem to have too many hard feelings about it. He kind of respects it. Uh, yeah, yeah. ten grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the Tottenham spell I, overall, he did seriously well. Right, he, he had them in fourth place a couple of times. I think he qualified for the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and actually, at West Ham, he got them into UEFA Cup. So, like, was he manager when for the Inter Milan game when they won three two? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. When yeah. Bale scores that hat that trick, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he he does seriously well, and there's often talk of him getting the England job. So the first time is I think around 2007 eight. So I guess before he takes over at Spurs, and it's just after there was that raid on his house, and and the FA go with Steve McLaren instead. And Harry apparently has always said, if it wasn't for that raid, I would have got the job then. Yeah, which you know would have been quite a good time to have the England job. We had some decent players then, and then the second time is in 2012. Harry's Spurs manager; he's done really well, and Fabio Capello resigns around February, and uh, Harry's the favourite with the bookies. Everyone thinks right, this is his time. He's going to get the England job. He says, "Look, it would be hard to do it with the Spurs job," sort of insinuating that he would bin the Spurs job for for England. Yeah, one of the few managers who would do that, I think, um, and one of Harry's mates. When he sees he's been tipped for the England job, he sends him a present and he says, don't open it yet, don't open it yet. And then uh, around, I think, May, Roy Hodgson is named as England manager. Harry doesn't get it. And his mate rings him up and says, look, I'm a bit of a mix up. I thought you were going to get the gig. So basically the present, which you won't want anymore, is a pair of golf shoes with the England badge on them. <laughs> and Harry's like, all right, cheers. Well, I'll get rid of them. So he gets rid of them. And his mate, to make up for it, sends him a pair of golf shoes with the Tottenham crest on it instead. And he's like, oh, that's a nice present. Uh, a few weeks later, Harry's sacked by Tottenham as well. <laughs> and apparently he rings, up, he rings up this mate and says, listen, whatever you do, do not send me any more golf shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is one of the like great, um, what might have been. Yeah. Harry. I mean, look, I don't think he would have won any tournaments with England. Yeah. But it would have been a lot of fun. The, um, apparently, I was just did a Joe Cole podcast and he said that Harry had rung Joe Cole up because Joe Cole had been ostracised by Capello he couldn't get in the team even though he was playing for Chelsea at the time and playing well and Harry was like well, no if, if, if I'm manager we're going to have a go for it we're going to you'll be straight back in the team and I think we might not have won anything but we'd have played better football mm. Mm. I always felt like Joe Cole never got the proper run for England because of you know the options that England had yeah because of Skulls, Lampard, Gerrard, but even, you know, they played worse people on the wing. True. He did mm. score that amazing goal against um, yeah. Sweden, didn't he? Anyway, Harry Harry and England never happened and we'll, we'll never know, but fortunately he was tested on the international stage when he got an equally important assignment managing Jordan for two <laughs> games. So I think Jordan just needed a caretaker and he agreed to take over for two games. And in his first match, he smashes Bangladesh 8-0. Uh, it's all going swimmingly. 
But Harry does have a bit of trouble understanding the locals. And in a post-match interview, he switches to Englishman abroad mode. Do you have any comment after the winner? Very good performance. Jordan football, the future is good. <laughs> I love it. Just Again, just even more likeable with every yeah. clip you watch of him. So, Prince Ali, he loves football. Very special man. <laughs> Um, anyway, he, they lose to Australia 5-1 in his second fixture and, and that's the end of his stint in, in the Middle East. But Harry does return for one final management gig at Birmingham. Do you remember? He, he took them over. They were like looking like they were going to go down and he rescues them. Uh, and, you know, things are going really well. Not everyone is so enamoured by him. Uh, he tries to sign Benoit Asuakoto, but gives an interview to the press while he's doing, while he's sort of negotiating the deal, where he says, the only trouble is Benoit's admitted he wants to be a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Asuakoto's like, mate, what the fuck? Follow your dreams. He doesn't sign. <laughs> so he, he'd had him at Tottenham. Yeah, isn't Asuakoto famously hates football? Yeah. He's like, never, never, never wanted to play. Yeah. Peter Crouch said he used to turn up at 1.30pm before a game, not knowing who they were going to play. And he turned up with a croissant, a hot chocolate, a bag of skips and a Coke. Like <laughs> hour and a half before kickoff. Anyway, the Birmingham spell ends in tears. They go, I think they go five games winless at the start of his second season and they sack him and Harry hangs up his manager's boots. He said he retired. Hangs up. I don't know what he meant by that. Hangs up his whiteboard. <laughs> his Monaco bank account. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he, he, he retires from management in his sort of early 70s. He's 75 now. These days he's a TV star, of course. He's the king of the jungle. Have you seen him in EastEnders though? No. Oh, this is an incredible clip of him being accused of being a nonce by Kat Slater. <laughs> Good skill, son. Really? Oi. Make a habit of talking to kids in the street, do you? Kurt, that's Harry Redknapp, the football manager. Sorry, mate. Um, I'm a big fan. You are. You really think he's got good skills, yeah? With the right training, he's got a real chance. <laughs> what a random clip. <laughs> Do you reckon the producers were just like, right, who can we get on today? Yeah. Yeah. There was actually an earlier bit where he goes into the Queen Vic and Danny Dyer's like all over him. Really? West Ham fan, obviously. Yeah. He's literally, they're giving him like three pints and stuff. It's all quite weird. I think he's quite a good actor. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not bad. He's best actor on the screen. screen yeah. yeah, well, I'll give, no, give Phil Mitchell some credit there. Yeah, Phil, Phil's good. I yeah. like how it ends with Phil Mitchell sort of thinking his son is going to be the next Frank Lampard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doom. Uh, talking to Danny Dyer, apparently they've just announced Football Factory 2. Well, that is going to be absolute wank, really? isn't yeah. it? It's a bit like Rise of the Foot Soldier, you ever yeah, seen that? Yeah. No, I actually really enjoy those Danny Dyer. I like him a lot. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, Harry's TV career, it does sort of overlap with his management skills. So he, he does, like, have you seen Harry's Heroes, where he takes over he takes over a team that's like um, Ray Parler, Paul Merson, Razor Ruddock, like all the sort of boozers. <laughs> and he, they play against like some some German legends. It's really, I really recommend that, actually, if you... You can find it. Um, and then there was a, a story the other day. Paul Watson is a, a manager. He managed like a few really tiny Micronesian nations. And he said that he got approached by a TV producer about making a show with Harry Redknapp where they would uh, go and, and set up football teams in like really obscure places. <laughs> and apparently the the first suggestion from the TV producer was the North Sentinel Island, which, you know, is that it's that island in the Andaman Islands where uh, the only people who live there are in an uncontacted tribe who murder <laughs> anyone who sets foot. Do you remember that German missionary? He'd set foot on there and they just like murdered him with bow and arrows. And apparently Paul Watson was like, well, surely we can't go there. And the TV producer's like, well, you get the idea. Somewhere like that. <laughs>
Just love the idea of Harry landing there to teach them about 442. <laughs> Is Nico Crank here available? <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> but I do actually enjoy the TV star thing. I noticed he's only 75, which is younger than Roy Hodgson. And there was talk of a comeback who, with Leeds. When Leeds signed um, Javi Gracia or Garcia, I can never remember which, Harry was, he threw his hat into the ring, but he didn't get it. Yeah, I feel like if a, if a football team needed a, you know, a plug, not a bun, a plug, <laughs> for, like, for like three or four months, Harry would still do a job somewhere. Do you reckon it'll happen? I feel, I think apparently he consults a bit, which is a I bit... think, yeah, once you've been out of the game for a bit, it's hard to come back, isn't it? I don't know, but I, I feel like, like you said, just to come in for a few months, because he's such a legend of the game, I feel like for teams that just need to avoid relegation, just need yeah. someone to like galvanise them and, and bring them together and make a good team spirit, yeah. then... Or, like a big a job, or yeah. as a stopgap between Gareth Southgate and Pep Guardiola. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a year, yeah, Harry, of that. meaningless friendlies. Yeah. Obviously, the FA haven't got a bone of humour in their bodies. They, won't they would do never it. do it. But that would be, that's the move. We need a stopgap. Yeah. England do. Sorry. Sorry to our non English listeners. <laughs> mm. George, our producer, just described that as a palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we'll need. Yeah. Have a bit of fun, and then Pep will be available, I reckon, in a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. All right. Heard it here first. Just on Harry Redknapp, do you think he could have like won more? Do you think he basically achieved like what he deserved to achieve? It would have been nice to, for him to take the take the England job and have a crack at that. And I think wherever he went, he done pretty well. You know, yeah. Portsmouth FA Cup. I think he got Bournemouth out of the Div- Division Four for the first time in their history. I like, started that rise and look where Bournemouth are today. Into you know? Toto Cup. Into Toto Cup. Cup. Don't forget yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and I think Spurs, like, that was a proper top job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And done amazingly well. And brought players through there that um, went on to do great things, like Gareth Bale. You know, he was left back when Harry took over, wasn't he? Is Redknapp credited forward. with making him an attacking player? I think that... Harry would probably credit himself, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just saw it and I put him up the pitch. <laughs> Vision. Vision. He will go right to the, the very top. top. It's because he knew Benoit Zicotta had to start, otherwise he'd be... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. He wouldn't even, wouldn't even make space up. for him. Yeah. But also, you know, places like West Ham, where, you know, you mentioned it earlier, like Carrick, Joe Cole, Frank Lampard, Rio, uh, he'd have had to have a very good scouting network and really understand his players to get, especially Carrick, who's from up north, you have to know what you're doing. Mm. So he's obviously, he's obviously an incredibly talented football footballing brain. Yeah, he's good at spotting talent. Yeah. yeah. I think he, he brought every team that he managed, he brought to the maximum of their capabilities, really. Yes. I think, like, for that Tottenham team, they, they, were, they weren't going to win the Prem. If the, getting them into the Champions League, taking them to the knockout stages, that, yeah. was, that was the top of their range, really. And same for Portsmouth, winning, like, getting them promoted and then winning the FA Cup. Like, they yeah. couldn't, couldn't really ask for much more. West Ham as well got them to the UEFA Cup, I think. Yeah. Won, won the prestigious Instituto. Mm. Wait, he's a national treasure. Yeah, agreed. Has he got a knighthood or one of those bullshit awards? That he definitely should. Yeah, sure. Take the, um, who's the woman Who's the woman at the post office? She got her Paul, yeah, take like, Paula Venels' <laughs> fucking CD. Yeah, and Harry Grind can have it. it. Up. Harry can have it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you>, Paula Venels. <laughs> Does that mean he'd get a seat in the House of Lords? Well? I hope so. <laughs> Give him, give him. Oh, too fair. Him and Ian both of them. They're dishing <laughs> them out. He yeah. should. All right, well, I, we are starting to run out of time because George, our producer, has actually got a speed awareness course <laughs> that he needs to do after his court, court speeding. Uh, so we, we better call it there so he can jump on the Zoom call. <clears throat> We're all bad boys at the upshot. <laughs> it's bloody wild here, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, JP. It's all right. Uh, thanks, lads. Very um, much enjoyed that. And thanks, that. Pleasure. 
Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 